Uh, I hope that that gets figured out as quickly as possible, and hopefully we can get back to normal, and we can get back to fighting the state together. Now, the reason why I'm taking this intimate time to whisper into your ear is just to let you know that at the end of this episode, I reference the fact that we will be having uh, Skip at the Free Rifleman on Twitter on, uh, and I, I had said it was either going to be a decision of whether I was going to put it at the end of this episode or on a different episode, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to release this episode today. It is Friday, so happy Friday, and tomorrow, Saturday, I'm going to be releasing the second part of this, which is uh, Skip, who walks through some of the more disastery uh, aspects to prepping, so you'll want to check that one out tomorrow as well. I know you're all, again, you're all working from home or on quarantine, not knowing what the hell the next step is, so hopefully we can provide enough good content for you uh, to get you through that. Now, without any further yucking, uh, here's the episode. Sometimes you might feel trapped between the right and the left. No one listens when you say taxation is theft. But there's a place where So my idea was uh, to get a couple of people on who had uh, a few ideas about where potentially where individuals could be able to self-preserve in this situation. And I I have a few people coming on and I've chosen you uh, for pantry stocking or whatever you'd want to call it. And now I know that, well, in some senses it is and in some senses it is not. I don't know how long... Certain large cities are going to have their stores closed. I can't imagine for long. Everybody knows people need to buy food. And from what I understand, the supply lines are jammed. They're not running out of stuff. It just needs to get to the stores. So it's not like we're run, have, we are having any real shortages. So with that in mind, I know that we're kind of out of the the stocking portion of this. But I still think it's it's necessary we talk about what you should have done. And perhaps if you haven't done those things, maybe what you could be doing uh, and maybe at this late stage in the game, what you need to be shopping for if you're going outside at all. So, I mean, we could just roll into that in no specific fashion. But um, first of all, I do just want to say your your threads on the topic. I think you were doing this more like two weeks ago um, when it was more relevant. But your threads on the topic were really, really good. What was what? Why were you so obsessed with that in particular? So, back in, I guess, probably 2010, 2011, so halfway through the first um, first Obama tenure, I started to get like really into that whole evolution that a lot of us might have gone through, like, you know, the Ron Paul Federal Reserve, like, you fall down that rabbit hole, and you know you realize oh shit we're living in a house of cards like yeah. i want to limit my exposure and so you get really into prepping you know i assume that that's a pretty common story that most people would have heard and then 
like you get, you know, get a little older and you discover that it's oh so perfect, oh so perfect axiom. The market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. <laughs> yeah. So you realize that the house of cards, you know, even though it's irrational, it's it stays up most days. So you kind of temper that. Right. Um, but I learned a lot about like prepping during that time, you know, all the way from like the end of the world as we know it level to just like disaster, um, localized disaster uh, response prepping. And what I was seeing early on uh, with this was mostly um, the, the important factors that I saw was how strongly china reacted yes that's um, what tipped me off I, I i remember during the avian you remember during the avian flu like that devastated china and they jumped they jumped fast right. on that yeah and you know i think i was just on a podcast right before we started this i was just on a podcast and i believe i i had said basically that was when i saw china doing what they were doing where they were able to amass hundreds like a hundred uh, I don't know what the device is called, but a hundred dump trucks and a hundred, you know, all, all of the construction material that was required to build those hospitals in the time that they were able to do that. Um, right. That should tip anybody off because, yes, I you know, it's weird as I think because there was this weird Latin, like not real response to that situation. Because I'll tell you what, if if they managed to do that in France, people would be freaking the fuck out. But I think oh, yeah. people saw it happening in China and they well, yeah, that's what an authoritarian regime does. And it's like, I don't know if it's really just because they're an authoritarian regime, right? I, 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 I it could also be that that was a absolute warning signal. Oh no, I, I took it as I mean, I don't trust the Chinese government at all. Not like, nor should you. <laughs> nor should you. But my I have to deal with how they react right. as in a vacuum like it, it it has no you know reflection on how i feel about yes. what they're doing yeah but what they are doing is important to me because that is a signal for what other governments may or may not do right i think um, it's also telling if i could because um we're starting to see conversations in this country now that new curfews are being released and stores are being closed on mass we're starting to see conversations about how um there's side agendas involved in this yes. and whether or not that's true I, I have no opinion on it because I, I just don't know maybe you have an opinion on it but what's interesting is China as an authoritarian country really does not have the need to mask its agendas and Correct. so in in a situation where you like you I, again the hospital thing was the thing that tipped me off it was such an incredible image like incredible in a scary way not in like an inspiring way at all but like right. I saw that, and it was like, no, no, no. China can do that any day of the week if it wants to. It can, it can do that. But it chose to do that when this was happening. Right. And to me, that was the key. Was like they can, in fact, amass this many workers and this many trucks and this much equipment and build whatever they want in any period of time they want. They managed yeah. to round up millions of people into camps, and and the international community doesn't even care. It's like they could do whatever they fucking want in that country. That's why when yeah. they do shit, precisely, you can treat it in a vacuum because they are more honest. I don't know. I feel mm -hmm. that they are at least in their actions. Like you said, we can't trust them in what they say, but you can see their what they're doing and their behavior is honest. Correct, and that's 
that's actually, you bring up a good point. You can't trust what they're saying. And that's something that I've been operating under this whole time too, because I don't, I, to this day, I don't trust the numbers in China. I don't know what manipulation they have undergone, but even just compared to the current numbers from Italy, it, it doesn't match up. Like Italy is either just suffering so much more because of their, um, their slower containment process. Now, or the num yes, the okay. Numbers from China are worse. You mm. know? Well, see, I f I don't know if you have you been reading much about what's going on in Italy. They're going way over the top now. They're going way over the like, top. I'm, I'm talking about more about the yeah. I mean, they what they from what they understand, Italy was one of the first countries to get infected by it. And mm -hmm. I didn't know this, but Italy is the oldest country in the world. I didn't know that. Oh, like oldest, like. Actual oldest country, and oldest then, like, population. State. I'm talking about the people oh, in that country. Oh, the, the mean, most the, elderly. The, yes, that's a better way to put it. The most. El I'm sorry. That's that's correct. The most elderly country in the world. Obviously, don't include things like Vatican City and things like that. You know, whatever. In right. in, in a real sense, it is the uh, it is the oldest country in the oldest continent. Perhaps I should say, mm -hmm. it's the oldest country in the oldest continent. So it might not be the oldest right. in the world, perhaps. But I mean, we are talking about an old old country that potentially got infected the earliest besides China from what we understand it was one of the early like right. the guy the the guy that, that that brought it over as far as we know and again even I, I think you can trust the Italian government a little bit more but in in the same way I don't know if you can even trust the data yet because Correct. like Carr has been saying we have no con we have no denominator for this yet Confirmed cases we know are unreliable. We know that only 20% of people actually seek hospitalization for this. So we have no, right. I mean, and that's just confirmed cases. So we have no idea what the real lethality rate is. We have no, we have no idea of any of these things. So Correct. It, it, we're just in the middle of nowhere. I don't know, man. It's very strange. But, but did you know that, that Italy was that old? I didn't know that. And it put it a, a lot of it together for me that it's, People have this weird notion that this virus is doing different things in different countries, and it's really not. And that, that should be, in my opinion, a thing that we look at and go, yes, that's the pandemonium talking. That's the lack of any information talking. That part right there. The lack of putting this all into context of not – we have no idea how many people are infected, not even close to an estimate. So why are we so attached to the lethality rate when we really don't know what the true denominator is? And like I am pretty sure that I now know somebody who has it. And they have just told me it's not that bad. It's a, it's a, it's a basically like a tough flu. This is what one individual who I'm pretty sure has it has said to me. Um, I don't know if that's 100% true because they won't go and seek treatment because you do not want to go to a hospital at this time unless Correct. you are sure you have it. If you are sure that you have it, then go. Please don't hesitate to. But if you're not sure, do everything you can to stay home, really, because you don't want to catch it at a hospital. No. No, not at all. But anyway, that, it's that like it's a very interesting thing, the way the demographics are turning out. And I think it's important we look at Italy and we keep the precautions in mind. And, and yeah, what the state has been doing has been fucking horrendous. I mean, shutting down all businesses is crazy. I, I, but at the same time, like there's certain precautions that need to be taken by individuals regardless. And some of those things happen to line up with what the state is doing anyway. Like I would be self-isolating anyway. I got a parent who has an immune disorder, so like I can't afford to catch something like this because this doesn't do good with people who have immune disorders. So I'm self-isolating anyway. So it doesn't really, you know what I mean? It's like, 
I'm kind yeah. of doing this yeah. anyway. But it's it's interesting to see the demographics in play and that this could happen in like Florida. You know what I mean? Like what's happening yeah. in Italy could happen in Florida. Uh which yeah. is if you've seen what's been going on in Florida lately, they are not they are doing the opposite of what uh New York and LA are doing. <laughs> that that is a good point that you bring up because what we're seeing is vastly different approaches even just within the united states I know. because for example ohio which is close to home has acted relatively quickly like they went to the um banning bar and restaurants yes they, um, they, they did that pretty quickly they went pretty quickly yeah uh, we, they went shortly yeah. after chicago went yeah, and yeah, I think New York w- was the one who actually kicked that whole trend off, or maybe it was Philadelphia? Oh, uh, Seattle. I bet you it was Seattle. Actually, I think that New York did it first. Really? I, I, don't know oh. I think that they were the front runner, and that's probably what started the preference. Yeah, I, I, yeah I was going to say, when, when that began, and then you saw LA do it, pretty you knew every country and every city in the country was going to start doing this. <laughs> right. And that's, that's something that I've you know, you saw with uh, the sports cancellations was first it was one or two and then it was a big one right. and then they were all canceled. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The NBA came first, right? And Mar- there's that video of Mark Cuban looking at his phone like, what? Really? Like, that, it was interesting watching Mark Cuban, an individual who I think is a pretty likable guy and, and an expressive guy, like, like, like he definitely will let you know how he's feeling and let you know what's on his face. Watching him slowly come to the realization that this thing might be more serious than he was giving it credit for, um, was very interesting. I think he, I saw him, you saw him go from shocked to considering, you know, like he was like, why would they do this? And then he was going, why would they do this? You know, it was very interesting to see that as like sort of a, I don't know, like a analog for what all of us were starting to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You were on it early though. You were on it very early. I, I, I was, um, and, and like, like I was saying a little while ago, a lot of that is because I have a, a backlog. Like I haven't posted on Twitter or anything for many, many years about prepping, mostly because I gave up on the idea that the system was going to suffer any significant downturn after 2008. Oh yeah. And I'm, what's funny is I am in agreement with you. I think 2008 was that kickoff of this very slow lumbering sort of thing that was just going to eventually slowly grind to a halt. But, um, Mm -hmm. Nobody could have predicted the virus coming into play like that. I, it's no, funny no. when we were doing our predictions um, at the beginning of the year, we all believed the market was going to crash this year. Not one of us even had a thought in their mind it would have been caused by a virus. Not that it was caused by it, but that was the shock, right? That was the thing that right. kicked it over that the edge. The we never could have predicted that. Never could have predicted it, man. Like, like I, yeah, Ebola was one of those things that we we at least in this country, I know it really affected a lot of people in other countries, but at least in this country, we wiped that up pretty quick. I think we had like two cases come in. They both got quarantined. They both got better. Like, right. you, like I, I, it was nothing. So I think that really conditioned us to be like, ah, no big deal. We got Ebola and that thing eats your flesh. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I don't know, man. E- Ebola is comparatively less contagious. It's much, much more less contagious. Lethal. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it is very on a contagion scale it's very low right um, which i i don't claim to understand the science of epidemiology or no. anything Mm-mm. so let me preface not like john mcafee it. yeah yeah <laughs> let, let me preface everything i say with i am not a doctor of any sort no like, i don't have any authority to speak on any topic at all <laughs> so take that into consideration listeners. i mean read also ladies and gentlemen just read his threads and and yeah, right. make up your mind for yourself whether or not he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah what, I, I have I have gone all in. I am staking my reputation on this read. And so, yeah, I mean, it like, seems like you're doing a good job. I don't know. I looked at a lot of your advice, and I guess that's the segue to get into it. But I looked at a lot of your advice. It seemed very sound. Maybe we should start with um, since we're doing pantry stocking specifically for you. Maybe we should start with what you. <laughs> what you should have had in your house before any of this started. Like, what do you as an individual, because I know you prep to begin with, what do you as an individual recommend people should just have so that if an event like this occurs, but even quicker or a market crash that comes overnight, something that I don't know, threatens to put you out of work or keep you in the house. What, what are the, maybe a couple of basics you must have. So the first thing that you want to have is just whatever you would eat on a daily basis, but more. So for me, I really like angel hair pasta. Mm. So I keep five or six boxes of angel hair pasta in the cupboard. Pasta is good too. Cause you get to keep the water afterwards. Right. Yeah. It's good for making the sauce thicker, you know? Mm. Well, I mean, you could drink it too. Uh, I was, you know, it's not like rice that sucks it all up. You could just drink it. If we were to really have to talk about survival, right? <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah, that that's, that's another thing too. It's like, there are different levels of prepping. Oh, I'm sure. For, yeah. For any, any sort of, whether it be your pantry or, uh, your financial hedging mm-hmm. or your medicine, like mm-hmm. there are very, very different scales. Right. So, so let's let's like, talk about what we're actually currently threat being threatened with, which is I think maybe a fifteen day. What is it called? What are they calling it? The euphemism that they're using when it really is just martial law. What are they calling it? Uh, uh, what is a that lot word? Of people Stand are in. It, what is it? Yeah. Called? Shelter in place. Shelter in one. place. Yes. Shelter in place. Um, people are calling it self-imposed quarantine oh yeah uh, social distancing yeah extreme social distancing sure sure Um, so let's talk about 15 days of that right because that's what we're which is not long enough in my opinion because the incubation period is like i mean goes well into 15 days i think the incubation period is 11 and a half days um yeah and that's that's one of those numbers that i don't no, we don't it know. Seems to yeah, vary. We, yeah. Like the scale, like I've seen as little as four days. Yes. I've seen yeah. as many as 21 days. Yeah. And I know and a, seen, uh, one, one person that I know works at a hospital. I don't want to give away any credentials. Um, was, was, is pretty set on the 11 day incubation period and is very set on that being a very long incubation period time, which it really yes. is really long. Yes. Um, but even if we're talking, oh, that's what it was. Uh, G man, I think the CDC, no, Johns Hopkins, it was Johns Hopkins did a study on the coronavirus, at least in the confirmed cases, obviously. And they found, I believe it was 97% of patients show before 11.5 days. 
Um, ah, okay. So, so maybe your bell curve might be somewhere like seven or eight, perhaps is what I don't know. We I don't know that math. Don't know that well enough. Uh, I mean, but yeah, spitballing like seven to eight days. That is something that I would reasonably. And expect. also, like that's more than enough to be scared of. Like not scared, but yes. you know, pre- very precautious about because you really. Do you know how many people's hands you can shake <laughs> in seven days? You oh, know, like yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's crazy. So let's talk about 15 days quarantine then. What should you just have uh, on the reg and then maybe go into like what should you have in 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 specific for 15 days? As far as I don't so, know, you we could do food. We could do uh 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 what would you I don't know what toilet paper, paper towels, stuff like that, utility stuff, stuff like that, whatever. Household items. Yeah, household items. Yeah, yeah, non-perishable stuff. So let's do that. Right. Perishable stuff, what are you prioritizing? What kind of, like, carbs are you prioritizing? I, I know pasta is a good one, again, because you really do get to keep the water, and God forbid anything happens, you get to have that water. Um, right. Uh, like, what else? What kind of other stuff for perishable first? So for perishable items, um, eggs and milk are... You know, the classics, because that's what disappears before Blizzard. That's what disappeared from the grocery stores this time. And, and you, uh, oh, so you're saying to just have that in the house already? Well, mostly, it's, it's kind of a, a, a it's a, a continuum. Right, because yeah. Because when you're in a, a situation, whether it be a self-imposed quarantine or a shelter-in-place event, like a natural disaster you want to prioritize the things that are most likely to spoil first. So you want to eat from your refrigerator before you eat from the pantry. So good. Yes. That's that's Uh the first tip is just because your milk and your eggs are just inherently going to go bad. Right. And if the power were to go out, then obviously that's far accelerated. So Mm -hmm. you want to eat the things that are, perishable first yeah yep, yep um so but as far as the things to have on hand that are non-perishable um people so so i've been going out to the store every other day or every third day for about two weeks just to kind of like i get a little bit at a time but i mostly want to wanted to get like a baseline and then see how things progress. yeah that's what i want to know yeah what is that baseline because I agree so, with you. This is one of those things everybody's individual disaster situation is going to be slightly different in some way. And so you have to use some measure of common sense. But like right. I, I wouldn't even like know a base. I can imagine, yeah, you'd need water and you'd need something that will keep you fat. <laughs> right. and, and I, but I don't know what those things are. <laughs> and then the perishables, like I don't seem to understand why people, people are buying so much toilet paper. I, that I don't get. Right. Uh, the toilet paper, I think that that's just a... a is that herd mentality? Thing. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. herd mentality? Okay. Yeah, I figured. It is. How mu- I mean, Honestly, like how it's how much toilet paper does a person need to survive for seven days? Two rolls. <laughs> and that's yeah. like if you're having a runny week. <laughs> right. And I mean, like, in my mind, like, I, I buy the family pack of toilet paper anyway. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's... That's not a prepping thing. That's just a savings thing. Right. So you wouldn't even, so you wouldn't, that's funny. So you wouldn't even consider buying toilet paper prep. I, I don't, I mean, Hmm. like it is, that's funny. It is after you get to a certain scale, like it's not prepping for me just because like I buy the, the nine pack or the eight. You always have some floating around. Right. Mm. Now, if you're getting into like a long-term prepping 
Um, so like a six month or longer event, which is hardcore. That's that's yeah. I was gonna say, don't they say most disaster situations are responded to within three weeks? I've always heard that number. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of like the six uh, months, the Jesus. 80, 80 20 rule. Yeah. Know? Oh, that's like, ninety. Yeah. Well, that's right. Eighty percent of the cases are going to be that basically. Right. Mm. So, I mean, if you prep for that, then you're going to be better off in the event of a an outlying event. Um. So, but I mean, for me, you know, it's like it costs less i've I've got a linen closet in the bathroom i just stick it in there what what's the big deal right right it's it's very much like people don't really have that they don't have these conversations with each other in my experience they don't so they don't know what to do in this people don't have enough memento mori experiences on their daily basis they don't they really don't people Uh, forget how how on the precipice of collapse, the whole yes. thing is at any time. We, we're more, we we're, we're, we're closer to collapse probably than any point in history because we're so dependent on electricity, which could go down yeah. really easily in the, in a sun flare or something. You know what I mean? But like, what in God's yeah. name are you going to do about that? Let's just talk about the virus. <laughs> it's right. just, it's just, man, like you think about some of these disaster scenarios is like, you can't prep for certain thing. I mean, you just have to, have a lot of hope for certain things. <laughs> oh yeah. I would mean, you have prepped masks, by the way? Would you would you have what? bought masks? Do you keep masks? I mean, I have a beard, so <laughs> it doesn't really help me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Are you and you're not so, shaving that off, you'd rather die. <laughs> oh, I'd rather die. Yeah. That's that's very that personal. Is, that so is, yeah, that's come funny, get right? me coronavirus. I'm not I'm not picking up the race. It's funny, right? We always like look at women like, why do you care so much about your hair? And then as we stroke <laughs> our beards. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So what so what non perishables do we need to be uh taking into account? I remember you said something like medicine as well. Oh yeah, I mean over the counter medicine. Um, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I usually try to pick that up as I go, and that was something that I did in the prior weeks. Was like I'd get one bottle of you know acetaminophen or uh, ibuprofen or, or whatever. You got to get um, them both. You got to crossfade them. You got to do them both yeah. at the same time, and then you don't feel any pain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so like. Uh, Tylenol, Advil, um, th- those are, you know, topical, be- not topical as in, you know, they're applied topically, but topical as in for this specific instance. Yeah, but sure. I also, I, I also feel like it's important to keep stuff that you might not think about, like um, uh, Imodium. Imodium. Um, is that for uh, constipation? What it, is that for? Uh, Imodium's for diarrhea. It's oh, actually okay. it's an opiate that Ooh. does not um, <laughs> it, it does not cross the uh, the bowel very easily. Mm. So what happens is it when you take uh, stronger opiates, it actually induces constipation because your bowel starts moving slower, mm. and that's how Imodium works. Oh, but that's just a good one to keep on hand, like if you need to keep fluids inside you or if you need to travel mm-hmm. um while you would be having diarrhea mm, that's uh, a good one okay even, and even just in you know normal grid up just on a on the road like you don't want to have to stay at the rest stop for 15 hours you know like yeah sure um but 
just real basic over-the-counter stuff is important to have uh, for like a 15-day thing. Not only because, you know, setting aside like the the mortal risk of, you know, the virus or associated dangers, you just don't want to be uncomfortable during this. Like you want to, it's not just about surviving, it's about living pretty yeah, well, right. even through a disruption. The, b- you know? the boredom is going to be a lot more dangerous than the virus in a lot of ways. Right. <laughs> and, and anything that you can do to increase your quality of life during such an event is, is good. It's important. Sure. Um, so that brings me to one of the first things that I would have on hand as far as non-perishables is just comfort items. Mm. So like if you have like a particular uh, little Debbie cake or cookie, get a couple of packages of those, especially if you have kids, because if you have kids, they're going to be tend to be very much more bored than you are. Yeah. And if you have the treats that they like that, you know, helps, you know, smooth things out a little bit. That's a good one. Know? That's a good one too. Yeah. I, I, uh, I saw someone coming out of the Aldi, uh, with a uh, one of those laundry basket carts that you roll around with with just maybe six or seven 12 pack containers of coca-cola <laughs> and I was looking at that like I you know what honestly I can't tell if that's a good idea or a bad idea <laughs> so I I will I will out myself on this one I have like 10 cases of my preferred soda do you really wow first of all I'm shocked you're a soda drinker that just seems like something I would be like no way no way would he drink soda (laughs) wait and and then here's the check you have to tell us what it is Uh, so the the, this will actually kind of it'll loop back around and people will understand it regarding my personality but I used to drink, back in the long past, I used to drink regular Coke. And then Uh-oh. I got into uh, Coke Zero when that came out, and I loved it. Really? Well, I got tired of, I, I'm so cheap that I got tired of paying the higher price, so I oh. bought the store brand yes. Kroger Coke Zero. Oh, with- Kro- Kroger's from, uh, what What um, uh, store makes Kroger? Is it Walmart? Uh, no, Kroger is the store. Uh, oh, um, Kroger's the store. Oh, they and so they make yeah. their soda. Yes, they, they it... have their their store brand, which is called Big K, and <laughs> the the specific. And this is, I'm not proud of this. The, the variety <laughs> is called Cola O. That's O H with an exclamation point. Oh so, boy, Cola O. Yeah. Cola O. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah. boy! And what flavor is it? Is it just cola? Is it like a syrup? It's it's their version of Coke Zero. Like it's, so, what was it's, in Coke Zero? Up. Was it aspartame? What did what was in Coke Zero? So, I actually do know the difference because I I'm a huge nerd. But the difference between Coke Zero and Diet Coke is that Diet Coke is actually based off of the new Coke formula. From oh. Way back. And Coke Zero is based off of the Coca-Cola Classic formula, but with aspartame. So it's that's the difference. And I I like the taste of Coke Zero. Which one is going to keep me uh, preserved for 15 days? (laughs) Uh, 
Probably either. I mean, do you really? Would you yeah, recommend it, that as like a? Is there any like wacky nutritional benefit to Coca Cola oh, in a no, disaster situation? No. <laughs> okay, absolutely none. This I don't know strictly... if Coca Cola is like one of those things. Like, oh, did you know that if you are lost in the Amazon, if you have a Coca Cola, you won't uh, die of <laughs> diabetes? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. I don't know what. No, would... it, there is no redeeming nutritional value, <laughs> and in fact, like. NutraSweet may be seriously bad for me, but mm-hmm. at this point, I don't care. Like, it's a psychological comfort. So sure. I, I went with it. Sure. Here's mine. If, mean, here's mine. If you're going to do soda, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do soda, but I will tell you this. Here's a food item that I just thought of that will keep for months, um, and it's also considered a good treat. You could, you could go to the McDonald's dollar menu, and you could just get little cheeseburgers, <laughs> and those things, they'll never go bad. <laughs> They're a good source of protein. Uh, and they don't ever get wet. <laughs> I don't know how they manage to do it. That's uh, that's another one you should probably think about. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that one, but you it's know. true when you think about it. anything that'll keep fast food might actually uh, save us <laughs> here. It's, it's entirely possible, but yeah, they're man. they're starting to uh, they're starting to close even the fast food restaurants. Crazy, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's so wild. Okay, so so back to more serious uh, for the rest of the non-perishables. Like, um, is it just business as usual? Is it really for prepping? Is it just business as usual, but pretend that you can't go to the store for the next three weeks? So that's a big part of it. Like, it, it's really just the things that you would normally eat and then a little bit of stuff that you can put away and kind of forget about. Mm -hmm. So like beans and rice are like the standard, like, you know, the meme of prepping. Yeah. Now would you, would you go for the canned stuff or would you go for the dry stuff? Uh, it depends. Um, so dry obviously has a shelf life that's very, very long, Mm -hmm. but the canned are, they have advantages um, because they're already prepared. Yeah. So you don't have to spend time or energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if you were in a a disruption where utilities were down, mm-hmm. then you'd be far more advantaged by having the canned goods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that way you wouldn't have to try to boil water or... Uh, because, like, in that sort of event, you would also likely have to boil water to drink. Right. Uh, or you could just drink the first. bean juice from the can. <laughs> oh, right. Uh. <laughs> if, it come, if it comes to that, then... Yeah, that uh, would be I'll good That would be good eats by the, in an apocalypse, to be honest. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, that, that is a consideration. For, for this kind of event, it's kind of like... The, the stakes are simultaneously higher and lower mm. because it's not anticipated that there will be significant utility disruptions. No, no. They, because, yeah. Luckily, we're not in that. Right. Because so, it seems what's interesting about this virus as well is it's not as lethal as some. But it also, while it does give lung damage to some people, it seems like lots of countries are already uh, discharging people. Like, yes, which is a good sign. It's a very good sign that the people are already being discharged. This isn't like, oh man, when you get laid out for this for like a month, you know, right. That's a good, at least a good thing. That that's one of those things. I, I, I hesitate to, to bet 
on like the discharge statistics. No, right. Because... But we do know people are being discharged. At least we know some people are being discharged. Yeah. Enough that's I mean, noteworthy. There are people that I think they call it uh, the recovered, I think is what they're calling the. Because there are the numbers that have come out are confirmed cases, uh, recovered, and then deaths. So, and then whatever, you know, recovered and then deaths are subtracted from confirmed cases and right. have active. Right. So, right. Um, just based on the fact that, you know, confirmed cases isn't a solid denominator. Right. You know, it's I, not. I, I hesitate uh, to, you know, I mean, it is good that people are recovering and that much can be seen. Like, it's not killing people literally ah mass yes so, right that right that's kind of yeah that's kind of what i meant because again if you look yeah. at italy like it's not killing people on mass in italy but it is sort of moving at a noticeable speed it is it is significant and i think that that's part of i mean that's part, been part of the danger is the fact that it is not quite uh, uh, I'm going to preface this because it sounds worse than it is, but the fact that it's not lethal has been not as lethal has been kind of detrimental to the response. Yes, I agree. I agree. Like, like citing what I was talking about with the avian flu with China before I completely agree. Right. So, and you know, that's, it sucks to say, but it also kind of makes sense if you, you know, think of it as an immune response metaphor because your body is more likely to attack something faster that's attacking it faster. Mm -hmm. So the body as the world, you know, uh, as society is more likely to attack something like Ebola that attacks faster, even though it's less contagious. So it's, it's a very, it seems to be a very effective virus from like a biological standpoint yeah, because for sure. it has been successful on a rate that few others have been as far as if you just count by number of infection and spread so that's that's something that I feel is actually subtly dangerous about it is that it, yeah. it's easy to be complacent and that's why I don't you know I, I hesitate to endorse state level um, top-down restrictions on businesses and movement. Mm-hmm. And I understand that the second-order fallout from closing all these businesses can and probably will be tremendous. Yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things where if we didn't do it, mm-hmm. then it could be far worse. Well, and, and, and we have got, luckily, there's <laughs> some countries that are willing to take that bet, like the UK. Um, right. And... and uh, uh, Poland, Denmark, Denmark, Denmark. probably Denmark. You know, it's probably more than just the two that I've heard anyway. Um, But yeah, some, some countries are listening to epidemiologists in the other way and, and are saying, no, 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 we're building herd immunity. Now, as far as I understand, herd immunity doesn't exist without vaccination, but maybe it does. I don't know. I'm not an epidemiologist, Um, but we'll see. We will, we will be able to see if this, if which method is effective in controlling the pandemic but unfortunately, we won't see which one would have been more effective in controlling the pandemic under the uh, consequence of a market crash. 
which uh, the UK has not yet experienced as far as I understand. Although when America's really starts going, everybody else's is too. Yeah. And, and that's, again, that's why one of the, the subtle dangers of this is because it has become pandemic. Mm. No one is, it, no one is able to respond to help anyone else mm-hmm. because everyone is dealing with it right now. Right. Yeah. Yep. So we're, it's kind of like every, every country for itself down every state for itself, every municipality. Yeah. Like it's very, it, uh, insular, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's isolating the response that it can be, uh, meted out, yep. you know? Yep. So no, I, I agree. I agree with you. Um, what other like final bits, tidbits, interesting pieces of information you think people don't know or anything that else that you would leave people with? What, what would that be? Um, so one of the things that I noticed today when I went to the store was I just walked through the aisles. I, I wasn't, I went to get, uh, uh, horseradish. Cause I, uh, I, I for some reason I was hoping you were going to say tequila. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I've got the uh, the emergency bourbon that's already in. The I'm surprised house. you don't grow horseradish. To be honest, <laughs> I'm, it's I, I, like I don't know why, but it's like such an easy thing to grow. And you like if you were like, "Hey man, I started growing horseradish," I would be like, "Yeah, of course you are." <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, the only reason is because I'm renting right now. Oh, okay. And I I don't have enough space. Like oh, I could container garden it, but it mm-hmm. it's too much hassle. Okay. Uh, but uh, the thing that I noticed when I was at the store today was uh, all of the fresh meat had been picked over. The chicken was gone. Um, the beef was mostly gone. There was a lot of pork still. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really stood out to me was mm-hmm. people bought a lot of canned vegetables. like Oh, my God. So silly. And corns. Mm. Like, those are tempting because it's oh it's canned goods that must be good but in truth the amount of calories per dollar in a can of green beans is exceptionally low and Mm. there's not enough nutrition to make it valuable Mm -hmm. um so if you're going to buy canned goods the the things that you want to look for are uh, kind of self-contained, like uh, like canned ravioli or spaghettios or something like that, mm-hmm. because those can be uh, eaten without cooking. Uh, they're already fully hydrated and prepared. You don't need to do anything. You can literally just open the can and have it. Mm-hmm. And they're very calorie dense, so you mm-hmm. can. I think a can of ravioli is like four hundred calories, nice. and if you by the store brand it's like 75 cents so it's very efficient on every basis gotcha and then like you, you would also want to have things like uh, canned tuna or salmon or canned chicken um because that gives you a good protein source this is a great uh, excuse for people to start pickling stuff yes yes absolutely pickling and i'm 100 are... serious about that you know how cheap a piece of uh, Cabbage, you need two ingredients to make kimchi. Three, cabbage, <laughs> vinegar, and salt. <laughs> right. And you can make yourself kimchi that'll last you for months. Yep. And, I mean, like, people have this kind of perception about canning that it's very involved and complicated. Right. And, yeah, there is a little bit, but once you do it a couple of times, you you work out the process. It's just, 
it's an involved process. Yeah. Like it's not terribly complicated or difficult. Mm -hmm. You just have to do it carefully so as you don't contaminate things. Right. Yeah. 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 I would recommend people learn how to pickle, but when you do learn, uh, it is an invaluable tool, especially if you need to prolong the lifespan of vegetables. Um, you can make a a jardinera, you can make a kimchi, anything, man. And it's great. You can make, um, sauerkraut. You can make, um, uh, kosher pickles Mm. with, uh, brine. Um, and then when you're done, you can drink the brine. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, I mean, this is, you know, a little bit off into the, the hippy dippy herbalism side of me, but, uh, brine is actually supposed to be quite good for you. Oh yeah. As far as, um, you know, because if you think of it, it's dissolving the cell walls of the vegetables. So presumably it has leached some of the vitamins out into itself. Right. So, and and in a situation where water is abundant, in, in this kind of a situation, like you said, we don't expect utilities to shut. So water will be roughly abundant, hopefully, let's just right. say. You can consume yeah. brine with all the salt in it. I mean, like, it wouldn't matter much, and it would probably right. be good for help you retain <laughs> Uh, I mean, you, you wouldn't want to drink it as your only water source. Well, but, I mean, maybe. We could get real bit, crazy with it. <laughs> you could. You could. But, I mean, you would need to... No, you do not want have, to be dr- drinking a 5% salt solution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to do no, that. That, that. You could at greatest need, but, I mean, it. it you would need to flush with clean water yeah. or other, you know, unsalted. Liquid. Right. But, so don't uh, listen to me. Don't drink the pickling water. <laughs> Uh, but do yeah, pickle least, your vegetables. At least not like, not, not straight, you know, <laughs> you treat, treat it more like a soup or a broth Ooh. like at that level. Like he wouldn't drink, you know, eight glasses of broth a day. Right. No, right. But, you know, you could have a bowl of soup or a glass of broth or, or however you would consume it. And right. it, it would be beneficial. Um, because uh, that is something I will point out is that, uh, uh something a lot of people forget, um, in the kind of medium term prepping is you will want a lot of salt. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that to close out. That's the last thing I wanted to hit on was how valuable is salt in this kind of a situation? Salt is incredibly valuable. Um, just generally because I mean, me personally, I, I like to salt my food fairly heavily. Um, but with salt you can you can pretty much preserve anything in the world with salting um whether it be dry salting uh with with a cure like you can you can cure bacon Mm um you you, uh, corn beef is uh brined so uh you you can don't even get me started (laughs) well i mean you're from the land of corned beef i know so that would be terrible yeah. to be honest with you g-man i can't think of a worse thing to be keeping in the house for a disaster than corned beef because it would be gone in one day <laughs> <laughs> ah so i found your creature comfort food that would yeah that or the uh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure yeah corned beef but uh, yeah no you're I, right I can't, cured I can't meats hate. that's and a good one cured meats and brine stuff and that's true yeah. it's very and, valuable is it nutritionally va- very valuable like i don't know as a nutrient, yeah. I okay. mean, like, we generally, like, our standard American diet has enough processed foods with salt. Mm, with salt, sure, we, sure. We wouldn't become, 
deficient. Um, what do you What do you get you if can... you don't have salt? Scurvy? No, that's uh, citrus. No. Right? What is that? Yeah, scurvy is uh, vitamin C vitamin deficiency. C? I wonder um, if there's a salt deficiency. Salt deficiency? I I don't know. Let's find if... out for the sake of it. Oh, hyponatremia. Hyponatremia, yeah. which yep. causes uh uh heart failure okay so let's yeah, yeah. so salt is quite important sure oh because it's an electrolyte important. right duh so yeah hey is there any uh uh value to keeping those electrolyte beverages around oh yes okay absolutely um okay. so uh, from my understanding of the symptoms of this particular disease uh it doesn't come along with nausea or vomiting or diarrhea which mm-hmm. are the the main um, kind of limiting factors for electrolyte loss. Mm-hmm. But I, I like to have um, powdered Gatorade on mm-hmm. hand just for like, if I get food poisoning or, you know, a, a, another virus that would have nausea or vomiting or diarrhea, sure, yeah. just to prevent dehydration. Because one of the things that the electrolytes do is it encourages your body to hold on to uh, liquid so yes, that you hold yeah. more water because of um i assume it's because of the osmotic pressures involved it, it may be something else but like you you maintain more water when you have uh, salt salts hmm. um i actually i keep uh, if you go to the seasoning aisle at the grocery store they will have uh salt substitutes Oh, like potassium. Um, um, right. My my potassium my grand my grandmother has to take that stuff. Have you ever had that stuff? I have. It's <sighs> it's not tasty. No, it's not. It does have that effect, is, though. Yeah, and it does have potassium in it, which mm-hmm. is something that. That's true. I, How I else would like, you get potassium? That's true. Uh, I mean, you can get potassium from potatoes and and root vegetables. Oh, can you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Those keep Generally, and they grow. Those are great. What's great about yeah. potatoes? They grow more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Potatoes are not like falling off a log to grow, but they, they will produce. Yeah. Um, so, but I usually keep that on hand. Electrolyte beverages are great for like, if you are having trouble keeping, um, keeping down food and water, I keep those on hand. A lot of people will do Pedialyte. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about that too. Yep. I mean, it's basically quite expensive. It's very expensive for, for the same purpose. Yeah. When you can get your Flintstone vitamins and your electrolyte beverage for half the price, probably Pedialyte. Right. Like I, I don't really, I mean, you know, do what makes you happy, but I just go with Gatorade because it's cheap. America's uh, pride Gatorade. Right. Um, but that, that's a good way. And I, I get the full calorie, like the, the, the regular, because, Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're when an American, because you're, you're a red-blooded American man. That's why. Ex- exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm saluting the flag right Exactly, now. right there. But, <laughs> um, it's also, like, if you do, even if, and this is relevant in this kind of uh, situation, because I know when I have a fever, it's very hard for me to take care of myself. So if I can have something that is easy to get to and to uh, to consume, like a bottle of Gatorade, I can at least make sure that I've got water, electrolytes, and calories. So the sugar is helpful um, in that st- uh, in that sense because 
if I if I have a fever that I'm really knocked on my ass, I can't cook. You know, that's if you have a family and you're taking care of each other, you know, it's a little bit better. But if you're by yourself or if both, you know, uh, or if all the members of the family are already sick, mm -hmm. then you want to have something that you can do that will keep you going without much effort. Right. So like if you keep a couple of bottles of Gatorade by the bed on the nightstand, you know, that gives you all of those essential things that you need. You may not be well fed and you may not have all the nutrients that you need, mm -hmm. but you will, you know, have the, the bare minimum. Right. You know? Let me add, let's throw two more at you and then we'll peel out of here. Powdered milk right. and uh, vitamins. So powdered milk, I don't, usually keep on hand um mostly because i don't care for the flavor mm -hmm. now that's only for just the straight rehydrating and um drinking as milk yes now if yeah. you're going to cook with it or bake with it i think that it's good to have on hand uh, because it doesn't take up much space it's relatively light and it, it never expires time. right <laughs> i was yeah. gonna say like almost never expires so that in that sense it's actually very very good to have and if if you can you can uh, drink it then by all means mm -hmm. but i like to keep uh evaporated milk that okay that would have probably was what i actually meant was it so wait isn't evaporated milk um isn't that just a thick milk isn't that really thick oh i'm so thinking of sweet and condensed never mind yeah so what is evaporated well, I, milk so evaporated milk is literally just milk that's been partially condensed, but it hasn't got sugar. So it's still it. liquid. Yes, it is still uh, liquid. Oh. Um, it's kind of got this consistency of heavy cream, but basically they boil oh, it down. Okay. It's sweet and condensed and then, without the sweet. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so sweet and condensed is very thick and viscous and sweet yeah very but sweet. evaporated milk is there's nothing added it's just had oh, it's just water boiled water. milk okay correct oh you can make so cheese with I, that if you get rennet <laughs> i don't yep. know no what you, you, I, hey, look if you're cheese making during the coronavirus outbreak you're a king that's incredible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great i mean I mean, you have a lot of time. Yeah, you have a lot yeah. of time. And YouTube, luckily, will always exist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's I, true. I do recommend that people uh, use a downloader to back up their favorite YouTube stuff just uh, for archival purposes. Sure. Like, if you've got the data space on your hard drive, like, why wouldn't you use it, you know? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, you're not going to need all that space for your audio logs for future protagonists to stumble yeah. across. One so. thing I think probably, like, that I would like to mention that I've been thinking about is make sure you, you that in your quarantine, should you be quarantined, uh, pick up a hobby because you, oh, you yeah. know, you're, it's going to feel like prison otherwise, <laughs> you know, yeah. really pick up a hobby or, or exercise or something. Let's got to get real prisony yeah. about it. Yeah. I actually like that. That is something, uh, it's not, it's a little off topic, but I, I would recommend to people like have like a kettlebell. Or oh something. yes. Yes. Just, I completely no. agree with you. I, I, yes. I, I just ordered one. Um, I'm very oh, excited good. to get to good. using it. I agree. It's such a versatile workout tool. Yeah, I I have a kettlebell and a foam roller and a lacrosse ball, and I use the foam roller and the lacrosse ball for uh, for like stretches and mm -hmm. uh, like muscle manipulation that I can do by myself. Mm -hmm. So 
it, like I, I know a lot of people have said this, so I'm not being original here, but I've literally been training for this kind of isolation for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope when I get uh, to uh, that point, I get to do that too. <laughs> I, right. I'm itching to start prepping. It's funny. I, uh, it's when you see stuff like this, you're like, man, you never want this to happen to you. You know, you never right. ever want to be the guy waiting on that Trader Joe's line for four hours oh, so that you can God. get. I, it's crazy. I literally. I just saw a video. It was of a Costco, I think oh. it was in California, Jeez. and it was a sped up video, but it looked like the line was literally a mile. Oh, no I, doubt. I'm not joking. Oh, no doubt. It looked like a mile long. It, no doubt. I, I lost count. It, it was like 400 people in line outside of no the doubt. store. Yep, yep. I, I There was a, there's so, a Trader Joe's uh, not far from where I'm at, and I went there to go and get something, and... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the the line was through the perimeter of the store, out the door of the store, into the parking lot, and the parking lot was n- there were no cars allowed to be parked in the parking lot because they were using it for the line. <laughs> it was insanity. Yeah, I don't, I don't like when you're at that point, you must never ever forget it, right? You ha- those people must yes. become preppers, right? Like they all must that, be. How could you not? You'd be an absolute stunad. <laughs> And that's what I must that's, say. That's, that's exactly what I said too. I, I retweeted it, and I was like, "I want this to be burned into their memories, mm-hmm. so that they'll adjust their habits, so they don't have to do this." Next Some, time. Man, people won't yeah. adjust shit like that until people are dropping dead on those lines. It's crazy. I, I, I know. Like, I, and that's if everyone were a prepper, then no one would need to be a prepper. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, herd, that's the, isn't that the herd mentality? Isn't that uh, the herd immunity? But for prepping? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You yeah. Know? And if everyone just had a little bit and that they felt secure enough that they didn't need to rush out into the panic, then everyone would be better off. And yeah. the more people, it's not all or nothing. The more right. people who do it, the better. Not only is it better for the people who do it and have the supplies because their family is taken care of and they can conceivably share with their close friends and right. relatives. That's a good I was going to say do. that's a good thing about disaster scenarios. I mean, I we learned from 9/11, at least I, I did. Um mm-hmm. the idea that in these scenarios people just turn on one another is luckily not a true thing. M- most of the time yeah. this is where the altruism starts to come out. Correct. And I mean that there are you know there there is danger still cuz Of course, yeah, no, of course. Be like cuz there are people who are going to take advantage of oh yeah for sure these sort of situations like the people that were looting uh not uh not food but mm-hmm. like goods you know, yeah yeah television Ent- televisions and, and entertainment yeah mm-hmm. so right. you you'll always have that going on yeah it's yeah it's just it's kind of the way of the world but you know but... what those people aren't helping anybody and you don't have to help them <laughs> right. luckily yeah, so and i mean <laughs> If you if you are prepared for yourself, then you're not adding <clears throat> to the panic. <clears throat> you can be a clearer head, and by it, it's kind of like living by example. You know, like if you have this, you know, reserve where you don't have to panic, you can do other stuff. Right. You know, you can help other people and show the benefits of having a little bit of preparedness in your life. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Man, I, yeah, if everyone would do it. <laughs> I, yeah, if everyone would do it. I I really wonder who the the first libertarian podcaster to get coronavirus is going to be. 
god. <laughs> you know it's gonna I, be you know it's gonna be someone. You know it's gonna feel I, you know it's gonna be someone and it's gonna feel really surreal. <laughs> it's gonna, it is like somebody again, like, somebody I told today told me that they think they have it and they're pretty sure that they, I mean they're pretty sure that they have it. Um uh-huh. and that was just felt really surreal. Like I didn't know what to say. Like it would be like you wouldn't really tell me if you got the flu, right? You wouldn't really right. tell me if you got like most diseases, but like you feel the need to tell me and I, I'm glad that they did, but it's like that's a little more significant, right? Because there's a need right. to say it. It's just it puts it, you in a weird headspace. It's very interesting. I don't know. It's been very interesting. By the way, um, I, <laughs> I could tell you the last is going to probably be Jake <laughs> because I don't know if this absolutely. thing is in Alaska, but if it is in Alaska, it's probably having a hard time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I believe that there was one case, and I think it's very close to the southern part. I think it uh, of Alaska. And what do they do? Have... They shot him and threw him in the ocean like they did in North Korea. <laughs> it's possible. I haven't checked. Uh, I think it was, it looked like it was in Juneau. So like fairly Southern. Uh-huh. Uh, Jake will definitely be the last man standing. No, for like, sure. Oh yeah. He, I'm out. He will be uh, podcasting. Yes. After the apocalypse. Yes. A hundred percent. And so. Oz surprisingly, I believe is Oz still in Seattle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we uh, might have that podcast might be. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything, but I'm I'm currently not doing a regular podcast. So if anyone needs a replacement That's host funny. for the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's moving in. Oh man. <laughs> That's good. That's where it's myself gonna, available. Yeah, the podcast wars. That's what we haven't considered is just like with the economy, we're going to have just some sort of an empty space potentially in the podcasting universe. <laughs> this is what gets all the, the new boys in. Oh, man. That's right. Oh, boy. Well, you know, uh, I just have to say, uh, G-Man, thank you for coming on and good luck. And please Absolutely. don't catch anything and wash your hands. And um, uh, I have been. My hands are cracked and dry. Mm-hmm, from all mm-hmm. the By the way, uh, so. yes or no to stocking up on alcohols and purels and 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 all stuff like that. Is that a valuable thing to have a big jug of it? So uh, I'm actually glad that you brought that up. Yeah, that's um, got to be. That's important. Th- this is an important one, and I I can vouch for like this by personal experience. Uh, so your number one go-to in any sort of disease situation is you want to have soap and water hand washing okay so that is the thing that you do if you can at all help it now what i will say is hand sanitizer uh alcohol-based hand sanitizer is good to have because you can't always be near a sink Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're in the field, oh, or, I see. So know, only only pack as much as would be needed portably, right? Okay. So and and you really only need it if you have to be portable. So right. like at your home, mm. you don't necessarily need to have it. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's superfluous or unnecessary, or people should shame you for having it at mm-hmm. home. But when you're at home, you are generally going to be near a sink with soap and running water. Mm-hmm. So, is soap soap is really that effective at killing viruses? I had no idea. I I, I, I always I don't know, I, I soap is an amazing thing because it's so simple. But it kills it, it so really many viruses is. and it's like you don't even think about that. You just do it to clean so your the, hands sometimes. You forget. The the reason why it is effective at killing uh most viruses and specifically the coronavirus is because 
the coronavirus is a lipid shell. Oh, um, okay. Virus. So, oh, I see. So, so it's, it's a actually fat based. Yeah. Yeah, it's encased with a very tiny microscopic layer of fats. Oh, and, and so the oil in the oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, so it, it the soap actually emulsifies the fat layer oh. from the virus and kills it. Yes. Now the soap also it helps to emulsify the particles and wash them away. So mm-hmm. you're actually doing both. You're killing the virus and you're removing it. Mm. Whereas hand sanitizer is drying it to the point where it dies, but it does not remove the actual physical virus. Uh, like, so you could still potentially it a, get it and develop an immunity for it, but it just wouldn't. It, I don't even it, know. It's one of those things where it's, it's mostly the same thing, mm. but soap <clears throat> is just, it's basically kind of. It makes it goo. It turns it into goo and then it spits it out. Right. That's so cool. it, it's relatively guaranteed. Mm. Like nothing in life is guaranteed, but proper hand washing is yeah. about as close as you can get. Like well, there you that's, go. They, they, you know, surgeons scrub up their mm. hands for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know? like right. Yep. They yep. use yep. that soap and water and. They're being paid that's, off that's by Big they... Soap. That's what it is, right. Jim, man. It's big Soap is paying them off. That's why. Yeah, it's entirely possible. You know? <laughs> sure I, is. I, I, everything is an, not. Is an op. Yeah. <laughs> Including this episode. Sure. Well, Including. thank you, G-Man. I really appreciate you as a wealth of knowledge that you are. Um, hopefully we'll Absolutely. get you back on again soon, and hopefully we will get you back on in a better uh, condition. Because um, uh, this uh, universe uh, right now is not doing so great. It's it's really not. Can you imagine that if once this is over, we have to deal with the election? Do you understand that? Oh yeah, no. See, that's why I've been telling people. I that's why the reasons why I went all in with telling people to prep in February is because one of the things I came out with was, okay, yeah, this is happening right now, mm. and even if it fizzles out and becomes a complete nothing burger. The election still has to take place 100%. in a few months. We are only 20% of the way through the year. We are only 20% right. of the way through this year. And this year is yeah. one of those years that has a narrative to it. So it's only going to keep building. <laughs> right. And, and I will, you know, not to get too far down the rabbit hole, but maybe plant a seed for another day. Mm. This, this kind of event will significantly shape social 100% thought processes. Like, Did you see it, that article? Did you see that article from the New York Times about how um the title it was a good article. The title was something like um coronavirus is a peek into what the future may look like and it was sort of like the coronavirus is giving us the um sort of dip in the water test experience of what the future is going to be like as far as we will be communicating over online a lot more, working from home a lot more. This was for mainly white collar jobs, but it was like it was a very interesting little article uh, I, it was pretty good. Like I thought it was a pretty good article from New York yep. Times. Worth reading if you can figure out where it is. But something like coronavirus is a peek into the future. New York Times. Okay. Was good. Yeah, that's absolutely. That sounds quite accurate. And we're going to be in a different world once this, one way or another. Mm-hmm. This will be a different world. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah, we can't take these precautions that we've taken. We can't shut down all businesses and states, and then it just doesn't. Like we just forget. You know, it just right. can't happen. So it's going to be very interesting to track this story kind of ad infinitum because this is not ever going away. It's just something we have to deal with now. Um, yeah, it will be. It, this is historic. Like this. Yeah. Is part we, of- we're well. We're seeing a new vaccine basically be added to the lineup that you get as a baby. Like we're just. This yeah. is one of those things I think that will just be retained. 
Um, Mm -hmm. cause it's so spreadable. It's so spreadable that it's, it's so spreadable. Number one. And what they're saying, this is a great thing that they're saying, um, is, uh, that, that as the seasons change in the Northern and Southern hemispheres, it's going to just bounce (laughs) back and forth. And that's actually how the 1918 Spanish flu was the second wave in North America was actually far worse. Yeah. So, so we, and yeah, this is a constant threat forever from now on. Yeah. And uh, again, just to throw out a little bit of a seed, and uh, go go check out the podcast that I did with the boys at the Gaslight Hour for more. Like, oh, I heard you were doing angle. some crazy predictionating over we, there. We did a little bit. We got real wild. So, mm-hmm, listeners, mm-hmm. if you're if you're looking for the the heavier stuff, check that one out. Yes, but go check that. I've out. also seen uh, conjecture that the coronavirus has actually been in America in one form for most of the winter because there have been a lot of people that have presented with symptoms that are matching but mm-hmm. have tested negative for flu A and flu B. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what we believe, which, right, is January. It's been here since January. I mean, I think a lot of epidemiologists seen, say that. I've seen as early as December. So oh, wow, that would be very well, early. It, it is, and it's very strange, yeah. which... Uh, I don't know, like, I've just started looking into this, mm-hmm. so I don't have any sort of firm basis to make claims, but on the surface, it passes the SNP test, because I have known people personally who have had such symptoms, but haven't tested for the flu. Sure. Or, or tested positive, rather. So yeah, sure. It, it is, I think, worth looking into, and I will be interested to see either way, whether it gets disproven or there is actually merit to the idea. So it, there, there really is just, there's so much information right now that it's, it's hard to keep up, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, it's also for me, it's difficult to look away because it is unlimited information. I'm the kind of person that loves to get new information. And this is not only, a continuous stream of brand new zero day information, but it's also things that if I can parse them and, you know, distribute them to people could help them to prepare, you know? So that, that's one of the reasons why this has been such a big thing for me is because, you know, if I can do some of the legwork for people and present them Mm. with these scenarios, yep. Maybe it'll help, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been good. And people should follow you at, unless at you don't want Saucer people Crab following Zero you. Okay, Saucer Crab Zero. Twitter. Saucer Crab uh, Zero, yeah, follow him. Yep, yeah, uh, you have, uh, I'm currently still private. I haven't gone on private. I'm, I'm debating, but at this point, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the kind of, the, the window has closed for the most helpfulness. Yep, But yeah. uh, if, if you do want to follow me, just send me an at on Twitter. You know, saying that you heard this episode just because I get follow requests from people that may or may not be feds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have to make the choice. And so. they're certainly out there. They are. They're certainly out there. Do you know your fed yet? I know mine, I think. I call mine Stan. Stan? Yeah, George. Yeah. George. Oh. Yeah, Stan, they always they always have like standard a... white guy names. It's so weird. Why do we? Oh yeah. <laughs> there's there's never like an Antonio. It's never. It's always Stan, nah. George, Dave, nah. John. See, I, <laughs> I I have an extreme distrust for the white community. So it's definitely Stan. 
Well, all right. Practice some social distancing and we'll, <laughs> and, you know, and we'll hopefully we'll survive this thing. Chee, man, thank you for coming on so much. Really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. And uh, uh, hopefully I'll have more uh, 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 tips out there for the rest of the listeners with some other topics. We're going to get Skip on. I don't know if I'm going to put him next or in a separate episode, but you'll find oh. out in a few seconds. But we're going to get Skip on for home defense, what kind of weapons you should be arming yourselves with in the event that this thing gets real hairy, uh, that stuff. So hopefully that's just, either... Just to be clear, Skip the free rifleman. The free rifleman, that's correct. I don't oh know, like God, I said, I don't know... A he's a legend. He's an absolute legend. I don't know if I'm going to have him on literally in 10 seconds or if I'm going to have him on for a completely different episode, but the listeners will have found that out already. So, <laughs> G-Man... Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. Uh, And uh, with that, let's peel into or out of the next segment. Woo!